we're back. Hello! It's the Creative Coding Podcast Yay. with me, Seb Lee Delisle. Me, Ian Lobb. Oh my goodness, it's been months. It's been a long time. It's been almost a year, but not quite. But it almost seems... I think the thing is, last time we came back with big ideas. Well, no, we, with every intention of making it regular again, but we didn't really have the plan we didn't how plan to do it. it. This time we've got a plan and it might just work. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, the plan is to do like weekly episodes. Yeah, it's going to be a mix of interviews and just me and Seb and guest hosts as well. Which is brilliant, really. And also a key part of this plan is the Patreon so we're setting up a Patreon page. Go to the creativecodingpodcast.com, find our Patreon page, and you can support our show. Yeah, that's going to be the plan. And yeah, and if you can afford to, if you can't afford to, obviously don't. <laughs> and if you can, then that's cool. You're covering it's the fun. people that can't afford to. Chuck, yeah, we'll cover our microphones, all uh, of our significant running costs, web yeah. hosting. <laughs> Yeah, bandwidth, all that stuff. So, but also, it's just you know, it's just good to hear from you. You know, apparently there are thousands of people listening to the podcast. I think I checked the stats; it was, stats, it was about five thousand uniques on the last episode. So, you're out there. It's nice to hear. It would be nice to hear from you, and that Patreon is a good way of doing that. Yes, you can reach. <laughs> you can talk to us through the language of money. No, um, yeah. So that's cool and yeah it's really nice to know that even though we've been off the air for ages lots of people are still like finding the show and stuff so that's know, cool it's amazing and yeah this is we're recording this on 5th of february 2016 but it might be going out a bit after that just we want to make sure we've got like some <laughs> episodes date. in the bank i guess don't we yeah and also just so that we say the date so that you know because loads of people are listening to our old podcast i don't even know what's on those no. We're talking about really obsolete stuff. That's crazy. That's a bit of a problem, really, with the way we did the early ones, which is we, we talked about stuff that was happening at that moment, but we didn't really say what that moment was. We never, <laughs> we never say what the date is. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully that's fixed. So what's happened in the last eight months? Um, okay, so in terms of my stuff, uh, you know, what? last so when we'd just done the second, the last season we did... Um, I was talking about a mobile game I worked on, uh, the Dumping Ground game. Yeah. And that game has just won a BAFTA, which is awesome. Brilliant. And uh, that's cool. So super chuffed with that. Welcome to the club. Yeah, very good. I was nominated actually about on my one of the first projects I ever worked on in 2001 or 2002. Was nominated for a BAFTA. It's the Osbournes. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, I remember thing. that. Was, that was made with director. Yes. Did you work on that? <laughs> yeah, when that I was. was like, I remember that being kind of a big deal at the time. Yeah, it was awesome and special moves. It was like a multiplayer game, wasn't it? No. Wasn't it all isometric multiplayer? It was isometric, but it was just like The Sims, basically. But it's the oh. husbands. I don't know if they did something multiplayer with it after I worked there. I don't think they did though. Yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. About it looked else. like it looked like Habbo Hotel. I guess, yeah, and that maybe was I'm getting mugged up with Habbo Hotel. Good old Habbo Hotel. That that site was just years ahead of its time, just crazily, like literally ten years ahead. <laughs> don't know. I don't know. Was it? Wasn't it completely of its time? I mean, you don't really see websites like that anymore. No, everyone but you thought, oh yeah, there'll be a multiplayer hub, and everyone will get online <laughs> and walk around in virtual <laughs> rooms. Yeah, and chat. with a, with a t-shirt with like customized t-shirts. And... Yeah, and then you know what was. <laughs> What was Second Life, you know? Second Life, that was really big. Where's that yeah. now? 
Nowhere, is it? Yeah, that's down the That's toilet. not nowhere. I mean, it still has its fans, doesn't it? Second, I don't know. Does it? Is, I just imagine if I went there, it'd be all graffitied up and like derelict. I think it's just <laughs> derelict, just huge amounts of empty space. But it never felt like a real place, Second Life, because like you could fly and stuff like that. There's nothing wrong with flying. Yeah, but it's, it's just it's like a lucid dream. Yeah, but it it makes it silly for everyone else. It oh. it shatters the illusion of it being a second life rather than just. No, but it's a, a better dumb life, thing. a better life where everyone can fly. <laughs> well, maybe maybe some maybe second life can have a, a a resurgence with all the VR stuff. Yeah, but you would think that people just don't want to do that, full, <laughs> like full stop, right? Not hang around on the internet. Well, and pretend that they're real on the internet. I guess pretend that they're like. The internet is a place like cyberspace mm. rather than just like a, some text or some videos or whatever it is now. <laughs> We've really got the least exciting version of the internet that we could have got. I mean, it's it's old media delivered in a new way, right? Yeah. Well, I suspect we'll talk a bit more about that in a, in a moment, right? Yes, because the general theme, I think, for today's episode is going to be the, the internet and the web and where where is it now? Where's it going? Is it... Is it sort of achieving everything it it can? Is it living up to its potential? Is it a good place for being creative and all those sorts of things? So, wow, that's a, a nice, um, neat, containable topic. <laughs> yes. So we're we're gonna have every so often we're gonna do like a themed episode, which I guess is gonna be like this one. Yeah. And all of my ideas for themes are really big massive. like like just art would be a theme just, yeah just like massively <laughs> overarching but all of Seb's ideas for themes and are mine like... are like the raspberry pi yeah the know, raspberry or, pi or like yes the, or like, the div element or the max 7219 led driver chip <laughs> yeah <laughs> i just written a blog post about the max 7219 led driver chip by the way in nice. case you're wondering um, should we bring in our guest? If she's ready, let's do it. Our guest host today is regular contributor Val Head. Welcome, Val. Thanks. <laughs> hey. How are you doing? I'm good. I just woke up. I'm having coffee. It's my first coffee of the day. Oh, time difference. Oh, yeah, I don't think I could do a weird. podcast without, without coffee. <laughs> well, I'm, I've had like a quarter of a mug of coffee, so I should be okay. I don't think that's enough. <laughs> It'll get better Val, as we got, go on. We've got an overarching theme of our podcast today. What's that? It's the the theme is the internet, mm-hmm. and and you like the internet, so that's good, isn't it? I love the internet. What what do you love about it? <laughs> <laughs> um, just in general, it's pretty awesome for you know like doing things like this, and you know waking up early and doing podcasts and just really making stuff. Like you can put anything on the internet, and it's just there, and people can see it. That's kind of the most amazing thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, Ian, Ian's been sort of talking around the subject of whether it's living up to our expectations, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, is it is it is it cyberspace or is it something mm. else? Is it something better? <laughs> it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because I think our early ideas around like cyberspace and the information superhighway, mm-hmm. and and you know, like we were saying about um, Second Life and Habbo Hotel and all of that stuff, and actually, since then. Or none of those things that really exist anymore, right? It's it's like, well, at least there's like websites for information and news and stuff. 
then there's social media. Yeah. But then I suppose there is a whole part of the internet that's about multiplayer gaming. I suppose that's the closest we've got, isn't it, to those oh, there totally cyberspaces. Is. I think if you're just not in that, you don't know how big and crazy and huge it is, but that's a pretty big space. But I guess we just don't mm. want to pretend to be other people, at least in general. Most of us just want to be on the internet and, like, be kind of... Well, no one's really themselves on the internet, but, like, not a little, you know, elf guy running around or a sim or something. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> one thing about the world is that, you know, the world is a bit more interesting and a bit better, maybe, than it was when cyberspace was first invented as a concept. Mm. When was it invented? Yeah. Uh, we... The 80s? <laughs> 70s, 80s. There was things like uh, Neuromancer and things like that. Uh, yeah, those right. books. And you know, we. I remember the 80s being pretty drab. You know, apart from Duran Duran videos, like I can't remember really <laughs> anything else good. And now you've got a more interesting r real world whoa, to inhabit. Whoa, whoa, hold on a second. <laughs> I feel like that I can't was have a, the a 80s very... being dissed like this, right? <laughs> There's the nothing good in there but Duran Duran videos in an was, entire decade. There were some amazing things in the in the eighties, right? <laughs> They're just a bit rubbish by today's standards. Have you, right? Seth? Have you watched um, From Bedrooms to Billions? Yeah. What did you make of that? Because that's a that's a documentary about the British uh, video computer game scene, like ho programming things oh. on your spectrum at home. Which is something that Seb brings up like most episodes. So. <laughs> I do not. Um, I think you kind of do. Was, I thought it was interesting. I mean, it's really interesting, wasn't it? And actually, it reminded me just how crap some of those games were, right? You know, like the the guys who were just like programming in their bedroom, which obviously was the whole theme of the show. But, you know, just the poor quality of the sort of cassette inlays and the adverts that they put in the in the computer magazines and like stuffing <laughs> envelopes in the post and people sending checks yeah like the like developers the check. developers would themselves put put the cassette in an envelope and send it to you <laughs> wow. I mean, in and a way though it's it's sort of come full circle because that is that is basically the same culture as the internet indie sharing type culture where you just make stuff and put it on youtube or whatever yeah right? it was so much harder it's in just those a, yeah days. exactly it's just a much harder <laughs> and you know what and the production quality was terrible <laughs> like looking at those it's it's like the the, the ones that had money like mm -hmm. bought some um uh like airbrushed art <laughs> <laughs> yes. for the game but sometimes they'd just get their nephew to do it or something it'd be awful and the typography was terrible and, and typewritten adverts and you know and it just makes you realize how far we've come since then you know in the 30 odd years since then <laughs> just in terms yeah. of production quality and, and being able to make stuff that's good on your own yeah, yeah. i mean with things like you know um S digital slr cameras like the mm. video quality say you can get of them like the and you know once if once you get like something like a 70d and then you buy lights you can make a YouTube show that just looks like amazing quality, like mm. broadcast quality. And that's crazy that we're there from like really bad home camcorders even like 10 years ago. <laughs> yes, yeah, but... and, and really you're, you're saying the 80s were rubbish, but the 80s was the start of all this stuff. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Defending the 80s. <laughs> 
But it is, I mean, Ian's right, it's the same kind of system, right? Like, people are making things that they want to share with other people, and then instead of mailing things and, like, checks and cassettes, we're just exchanging digital files and doing PayPal. In that sense, it's kind of the same, which is a little crazy. It's like, that part hasn't changed. It's a lot easier now, though. Yeah. I mean, they used to have um, audio magazines as well, didn't they? Do you remember those? Audio magazines? Yeah, record them on a cassette and send them out to people. So a podcast on tape. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Well, how else are you going to do it? (laughs) Yes, wow. Back at the the £200 tier and get a cassette of this show. Yeah. Cassettes are coming back. They're coming back. They really are. Cassettes are coming back. Oh, they are. There's um, a lot of obscure metal labels are releasing things just on cassettes. (laughs) I got an email from a band I actually just saw like six months ago that they are doing an Australian tour and putting out a single, which is a single on cassette. (laughs) No joke. And they're not a crazy metal band. They're like a totally normal, like, you know, kind of like feminist punk band. And they're doing it. It's just a nonsense. You guys should do it. Isn't it? What? I mean, hipster nonsense (laughs) you don't want to be a hipster no (laughs) (laughs) i don't know why Uh, it's coming back cassettes were terrible like it just it sounds awful it does sound awful i mean cassettes were and you know and i don't cassettes were the the real player of their uh (laughs) their day but it is like a thing and you can make artwork for it and I think that's what's missing for a lot of people from digital download yeah. stuff, right? Like you can have a physical thing, it's way cheaper and records are really difficult to press right now because they've come back so hard and there's like, I don't know, 10 places oh, yeah. in the entire world that can print records for you or, you know. And, and we have a very, I think we have a limited supply of vinyl as well, don't we? Possibly, but I think it's more the equipment that's crazy. to make Yeah, them. this story is really interesting. Like if... I mean, I don't know if I'm getting this exactly right, Bal, but basically because the major labels have gone back to printing copies of Nevermind onto records <laughs> so that they can sell you that again, um, they're literally, and most of the most of the vinyl press is closed at some point in the last yeah. 20 years. Yeah. There's literally barely anywhere that can actually make a record, and now all of those places are, like, fully booked. Yeah, and it's like you, especially, there's this thing called Record Store Day here. I don't know if it's, I think it's all over the world. And, like, if you... When they're printing their stuff on vinyl, if you're anyone who's not involved, you basically have to wait like a year before your stuff will hit, like get into production <laughs> because they just take up the entire capacity. It's kind of crazy. There's so few people that do it anymore and so few machines to make it. Like they've all broken down and whatever else and no one makes them anymore. It's so weird. I don't know. I mean, I've, it's, it's, there's a similar thing going on with cameras, isn't there? And, and yeah. analog film. And I, I don't, you know, I sort of get it. And then also I really don't get it as well because I, I did um, photography at, at, as an A-level and um, I used to spend hours in the dark room. And, it's, you know, it's a really cool process. But then, of course, like, um, you know, five, six years later, Photoshop comes out. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, I can do all this stuff that would take me hours in the dark room in about 30 seconds. And I love that, you know, and I still love that. I love yeah. being able to go through all my photos immediately. I don't have this sort of nostalgia. I mean, sure, as maybe as a hobby or for something, you know, just pointless. I mean, but it, it, it's for a sort job. Of, 
it speaks about the the ubiquity of the internet basically mm. where these things become it becomes an interesting novelty to like have a cassette again but just because the internet is has taken over so much of our lives <laughs> like it's where yeah. we go for music it's where we go for tv it's where we go for to read it's where we go to communicate with other people it's just like everything and so you people you know at some point i don't know are people going to have enough of have too too much internet like <laughs> it's weird because it's like some days i think oh do you know what the internet doesn't make me happy going on twitter doesn't make me happy um i think it does sometimes but then it does it and then my internet will go down for like five minutes or something and i'm like just flipping out like actually i take it all back i just want the internet back you're like shaking and you know having withdrawal <laughs> and just like yeah, but the, the internet does bring out, I mean, it gives people a space to be really mean and nasty and horrible to other people too. It's not all good, especially yeah. with like Twitter stuff. It's it's crazy the things people will say to like other humans on Twitter because it's Twitter and they can. Ugh. I guess the thing is that in a physical space, like if you said those things, you'd be physically ejected. Like if, if, you, <laughs> if someone suddenly went off at someone else, like and you were in a coffee shop or a conference or, you know, anywhere in the real world, Everyone else would be like, well, you can't say that. That's completely out of order. I think you should go. It's time you should go. Whereas on Twitter, there's no way to do that. Like, mm -hmm. and I mean, Twitter aren't, aren't doing it themselves and no one else has the power to. So all you can go is, oh, this person said this thing to me. Like, what a jerk. What, yeah, exactly. <laughs> RT if you think they're a jerk. But what else can you do? It, and that's scary because it becomes the internet, rather than being a place where you can actually discuss things, it becomes a place where actually it's best to stay away from like a whole bunch of topics um, and and not express like say political views or things like that. Um, you know, wherever you are on the political spectrum, it's best to, to not express that stuff on the internet just in case you annoy the wrong people or, <laughs> and that's really sad, like. Or because you're gonna have to hear that... other people's opinions and that might be overwhelming and terrible. <laughs> Yeah, I hate hearing other people's wrong opinions. Well, that's Facebook though, isn't it? Like every time I switch on Facebook, I guess you have to... It's just like, oh my God, that guy from school is a fascist. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's that, that sort that of thing, That girl isn't it? I used to know is a racist, right? <laughs> unfriend, unfriend, unfriend. Yeah, yeah I, I, guess... I didn't... I stayed away from like old high school people on Facebook for the longest time because I just did not I, like anyone I didn't actually talk to every day. And then I started to over the last like couple years. They've kind of wow, we have nothing in common anymore. <laughs> There's a reason yeah. I didn't talk I think, to them for years. <laughs> I think Facebook and Instagram and, and Twitter, they can be quite good. You just need to just not follow too many people or not friend too many people really, I think <laughs> is the way to do it. Well, I, th I think for all the bad things that you mentioned, you know, there are, there are probably 10 times as many good things, right? Oh, yeah, I think you know, it's more just, good than and, bad, but... And, and it's just in terms of what we've already talked about today, being able to distribute your stuff, whether it's a podcast or an indie game or a blog post or or your, a, a song that you wrote or a, a, a YouTube video, or, you know, just that ability to actually get your stuff out there to a really high production standard and, and all the positive things that come from internet networks... I probably wouldn't know either of you guys if it wasn't for the internet, right? No. I, I guess not, really. Actually, so I suppose it, yeah. No, nothing. <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess the thing is, like, you, <laughs> Seb, we, we might have met in the real world, but then you only knew who I was because you'd read my blog. And so if I'd never written the blog, 
Yeah, and also yeah. we wouldn't have been making flash games, right? Because <laughs> there there'd Key be nowhere point. to put them. There'd be no... Uh, yeah, but we could still be making cassette games. And we'd just, yeah, that's true. We'd, we'd, meet, we'd meet up at, like, uh, a ZX cassette Spectrum games user group. But, I mean, which... a, lot, a lot of the metaphors of the internet go back to, to physical world things. So, like, mm-hmm. bulletin boards, say. Mm-hmm. You know, that was... People would physically pin onto a bulletin board. Uh, <laughs> well, well, hang on a second. Bulletin boards, they were around in, like, digital ones. They were in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. <laughs> Are they not? All oh, right. Okay. Is that not the internet? That's not the internet, is it? A bulletin board? Oh. It's a it's a computer that you you dial into. Really? And then you'd be able to download all the messages or... How many people it, could dial in at once? Like, four on the big ones. Right. But it wasn't, like, real right. time, right? Like, you were getting messages but, that people posted, you downloaded them, then you uploaded new ones? Yeah, and it okay. was usually just one person at a time. I, I'm not particularly an expert on these because I never really, yeah. I never used those. I mean, the first system I used was called Kix, C-I-X. <laughs> and, and at that point, it was a, a lot bigger and it was a bit more like the internet. Like, I had an actual internet email address. Right. So, so the sort of early bulletin boards were, were sort of a bit before my time. Yeah, what's interesting is I was on, uh, I used to go around my friend's house and go on CompuServe. Oh, yeah. We used to go on that together. And it was really ahead of its time in a way because it wasn't the proper internet. Like it was a, a walled garden on its own. Mm. But um, it had things that you could play chess on there against other people. It had like instant messaging. You know, okay, it didn't have like photo sharing and stuff, but then no one had a digital <laughs> camera. But in a lot of ways, it, it was like the modern internet. And then there was, and then after people stopped using those things, all of that stuff almost had to be re, yeah. reinvented again. I mean, that well, almost I mean, describes definitely... Facebook now, right? I mean, you don't like a, the CompuServe AOL life. Like, you don't like get a CD in the mail that you sign up for it. But like, <laughs> there's people that their entire internet is Facebook, and they never mm. leave. I mean, Facebook wants it wants to be your whole internet. It kind of is yeah. like AOL second coming. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure, yeah, because... depressing. <laughs> I know, I don't... I don't want Facebook to be no, the internet. that scares me. This whole, like, like the lockdown system of the internet that's, like, only their version. And even now, like, yeah. if you are on Facebook on mobile, if you, like, if someone posts, like, shares a link on Facebook and you would like to, like, do something with that link, like, push it outside of Facebook, email it to yourself, send it to Safari, whatever, it's like a two or three step thing to get out of Facebook and, and have that link with you still. Right, I see. To stop it being like a Facebook URL and yeah. be just a... Uh... Like if you want to share it on your wall, it'll be like, you know, share, cool. That'll take two seconds. But if you want to like copy the, the URL to like email to someone, it's like three steps or two steps. It's like they're just making it further and further away from, I guess, what mm. we would call the real internet. If there's a real internet, I don't know. Yeah, but now another problem, I think, with the internet as it is now is like that the what's happening with ads is getting a bit crazy Ugh, where some sites awful. you just so some sites you just can't go to them anymore because they just bombard you and it, and it seems to be especially a problem on mobile where they'll mm. just take over the whole screen <laughs> or redirect your browser and you just go why am i even going in the end like all they yeah. want to do that my only value to that website is because they want to have an ad served to me you know it just really and they, does my head in it's like are these are these websites so desperate they'll just do anything? Well, they are, yeah, they are, and because that's because, yeah, but that's because doing that, they're just making their website rubbish. 
But maybe they'd because rather have a rubbish website and some money than have a good website and no money. But but surely if their website is rubbish, then less people are going to go and visit it, and I don't think get worse and worse, right? I don't I don't get I don't it. Know. It doesn't make sense to me. It's anytime, like real short term logic. Yeah, it totally is. But like anytime someone brings up, well, not anytime, but many times I've seen this conversation on Twitter where people are like, "Oh, these like sign up for your mailing list modals are annoying. Stop it! You're everyone hates you, and you're turning users away." And inevitably, someone will post, "They're really annoying, but they work." they get conversions, they get people on those companies' mailing lists, and that's why they keep doing them, because it works for them. But it is totally short-term, because, yeah, you got that person's email, but are they really ever, do they care? They just did it because they didn't know what else to do to read the thing they wanted to read. It's really strange how much people will fight for those. You know, and Instructables is the worst for that as well, because I'm on their mailing list, right? I know, and you And you, you click a link from their <laughs> mailing list... It's like, can't you just put in like a URL encoded variable that says I've come from the mailing list. Don't show me the mailing. And also, like, I went on my phone the other day and I got this massive pop up. In fact, I think it redirected me to another site and it was like, win an iPhone 6 or something. I don't know. It was really annoying. Like, but I've already got it, one. Obviously. That's what you do when you when you when that's, you're annoyed. You just that's how you get them. results. What's, what is up? this? What's Instructables? <laughs> oh, it's um, a, it's a website where you can post instructions on how to make a project. Yeah, a lot of right. and there's there's like hundreds of thousands of projects there. There's a lot of Arduino stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of craft stuff, a lot of uh, and even just sort of instructional stuff on setting up computer things it's you know it's actually quite there's a good, good stuff on there site i really really like the site but it's just i think that they've taken their their adverts too far <laughs> and actually they have sort of sponsored posts as well now like they seem to have a lot of instructables using intel edison which is oh. like an embedded microcontroller system that no one in the sort of hobbyist community is using. But Intel is using. It's Instructables <laughs> all the time. <laughs> oh, but I think, like, is that where this is? Is that how people are going to fix this? Is this sort of like sponsored content, these ads that don't look like ads? Because clearly the ad ads are driving everyone insane and everyone's installing ad blockers and complaining and sending tweets. Like, is that where it's going? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't it be better? Wouldn't it be better if we just went back to the the old days of paying for the media we consume, and wouldn't no, that solve I, all of this? Well, sometimes, yeah, I think some things that's the right mm-hmm. that's the right model, isn't it? But other things, it's not like. And I've got a classic comparison here um, between uh, the wire cutter in America, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is like a consumer review site. They yeah, review all a really products. good one. It's really, really good. Um, and then also Witch in the UK, right? Which is another sort of consumer review. Well, they used to be a magazine and they were massively successful for many, many years. But they just haven't got their internet set up right because they still work on a subscription model. So, I mean, I don't know what their numbers are, but I've never wanted to subscribe to Witch. I think it's just always been a little too expensive and the minimum length has always been a little bit too long for me to want to commit when I just really want to know what's the best washing machine, right? That's all I want to know. But the wire cutter have a brilliant business model. I, I mean, I guess they've got adverts. I haven't, I haven't seen any adverts there. Maybe they don't. Maybe that would be against 
Maybe that would be a conflict, but they make money from the links, the links out. So they'll recommend all these products and they have an Amazon link and you click on it and they'll get a cut if you buy it from there. So that's really what they've figured out a way to make it work. Yeah. And if they like, if you're reading, I was recently reading a thing there for office chairs and you're like, if they went through all these tests and you found the chair that you want on their site, you're like, well, of course I'll use your affiliate link because you just totally gave me information I wanted in a way that didn't piss me off. (laughs) They seem to be doing well. I mean, obviously I haven't looked at their finances, but it seems to be that they've found a way to make money that doesn't make It's not obtrusive. It's not like worse. Yeah. it, It, they're working with what they're doing as opposed to like trying to throw all this stuff in your face. Yeah. And I mean, moving on to someone like Amazon, like the the way that you, you once you start buying stuff on Amazon, you end up just wanting to buy everything on Amazon just because it's easier. Yeah, and then I have no idea Amazon what you're talking about. <laughs> I use Amazon way more than I use any other internet shopping site, and I I actually I actually hate myself a little bit for it. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I've gone so far. It, I ordered dog food on Amazon now because it's like just I'm that lazy. And that's interesting because it's again rather than having like the hippie uh everyone's a creator type internet Mm. you have something where effectively like most of the power is consolidated in a few big companies google amazon facebook apparently it's Mm. kind of difficult like if you i mean i guess the only thing you might sell on well if you wanted to sell something of yours on amazon i've been reading a lot about people getting their ebooks and stuff on amazon it's not like an easy place to get your stuff on to sell you know, if you're not some large company with a giant warehouse that they, you know, even if you are, they negotiate prices, they tell everyone what to do. They're in, totally in charge. Hmm. I guess that's that's sad, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. at the beginning of the internet, it was anyone could, you know, it was like gold rush times, like anyone could become a big, a big success, right? Yeah. There was no Amazon in, and even Google was like the underdog, right? <laughs> You know, and and it was that time that you could just have a massive success. But now you can't really, you can't really make inroads into online shopping because of Amazon. You can't make inroads into search because of Google. You know, it's it's all sort of sewn up, isn't it? You'd have to like wait for them to make a mistake or something, you know, like you could, or play by their rules somehow. Yeah, like you can can set up a shop within Amazon, can't you? Mm -hmm. So you can be an independent seller within Amazon and and they they post your stuff out and... Yeah, So they take it their cut and like... Yeah, exactly. A bit sad, isn't it? A bit depressing. Can we talk about something happy? (laughs) Yeah, can we get back to all the friends we've met on the internet instead? (laughs) Maybe we should talk about coding. Oh yeah, so how how does code fit into all of this? stuff because most users are probably as far away from how the internet works as they've ever been Mm. in terms of like knowing what html is or any of that sort of stuff if if you're talking about the web as opposed to like the internet as a whole i mean i think there's some interesting developments in web browser technology isn't there Mm -hmm. wow this is your department yeah i mean what's what's new in web design (laughs) oh you know some things um but no browsers have gotten there's the things you can do in browsers like even over the last few months is just kind of insane you know the way that they just get faster with things like javascript the fact that you can do like css filters and svg filters and just like you can do things in browsers that are so far beyond just this is my web page for you know me it has an about page and my photo on it and links to some stuff i wrote 
like browsers have become so much more capable now. And I, I don't know if we've even really scratched the surface of using those things because they're just so new and we're like, oh my God, we can do this stuff. What do we do with it? I don't know if we know but yet. But then you, you look at like the, the, the most big websites now, mm-hmm. like particularly the content websites, and they're all like super minimal, aren't they? I mean, it's almost like we did all of our crazy experimentation in Flash all yeah. those years ago. And then Flash stopped, and then and now you can do all of that and more mm-hmm. in JavaScript, but but no one really is doing it. Not they are or at least. Well, not there's not, small not. groups of people are doing it, and it's like if you go someplace yeah. like CodePen, people are doing all sorts of ridiculous, amazing things with like just CSS and JavaScript and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of it is like repeating the things that were discovered in the Flash days. But like mm. people are paying attention to that. There are designers and developers doing this stuff with CSS animation or JavaScript. It's just, I feel like it's still, there's still a big gap between that experimentation and the stuff you see on a day-to-day basis on the web. Maybe it just takes time for that to catch up. Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's good for that, isn't it? It's good for that sort of creative experimentation for sure. Mm-hmm. But is, you know, I guess I'm talking about like the web as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, or, or the majority of the web, the majority of the web that people see, like Medium and the newspapers and Facebook and YouTube. I mean, none of those are, uh, I mean, what, what are they doing that's really new in the browser? Pretty much nothing. Like those ones are kind of taking advantage more of the fact that browsers are everywhere and you can serve web things to anyone at any place and any device, right? Like they're taking that side of of the Mm. web and then there's a smaller i guess faction of people trying to make more creative things and like pushing the limits of what browsers can do and there's definitely a divide but also like they're in there for different reasons right like all the mediums and stuff and facebook of the world they're using the web to make money they don't really care about the web exactly and the people who are like holy crap, you can use CSS filters and look at this amazing thing I've made with this like, you know, blobby SVG thing and are just making it because they love it and it's fun. Like they're doing it because they want a creative outlet. And, you know, you're not going to make money off a code pen thing you posted, but people still do it. So it's like two completely different motivations. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it is you given a set of tools, right? You, you work out what the possibility space of that is. Mm. You work out how far can you push CSS and things. And then even if that's not really what you're going to do in your day-to-day job, it's still interesting to like explore those corners, isn't it? And yeah. And the more you do it, there. the more the more chances you might find to get it into your day job. And like, yeah, if you're a designer or developer at Medium, there's no way they're going to let you like put some crazy SVG button thing that like animates on their site. They'll never do it. But if you work for like some smaller advertising agency, maybe you're going to get something, some of that in client work. Actually, probably much more likely. You know, there's there's places where it's sneaking in, and we're, we're um, seeing animation on the web more and more, aren't we? And that's yeah, something you know about. I do, <laughs> and we're seeing it. We're seeing it like both for this fun experimental way, and also in like useful, like you know, like interface animation things that make stuff easier to use, make it feel more sophisticated. And I think a lot of the motivation is almost to make it seem more app-like. But it's like we can do that on the web now too, and people are using it for some really good stuff and like making better things, basically taking the stuff they do in their day job and making it better as opposed to just like, I made this thing in my spare time and it like spins. But they probably started <laughs> from that, right? They're like, I made this glowy blobby SVG thing. And then I realized I could apply that to like this button and this whole like user flow and make it easier and for people to use, which I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. 
that we're actually, you know, the, the web's kind of maturing in that sense. Have you seen the new play button on YouTube? Yes. And when you press it, it morphs into the pause mm -hmm. like, icon. I don't know if I like it. No? <laughs> well, what, it's what definitely... Do you do, have you seen it, Ian? Do you like it? Uh, I mean, that's not the sort of thing that I would notice, to be honest. But then that's <laughs> the thing. It's mo a lot of the... Well, a lot of the time, I'm on my oh, phone. Yeah. I'm I'm using the app versions of things. Right. And so I don't necessarily see everything on the web versions. Uh, like... go, go and have a look right now. Yeah. It seems a bit gratuitous. What do you think, Val? Do you like that? I like it. I think it's pretty good. I mean, it's definitely... Uh, um, when Material Design came out, Google had all these like little button animations they were suggesting, kind of like, here's a way you can use it. And most of those, I was like, oh, please don't use those. They're just way too over the top. <laughs> you know, it's like if you're clicking a button, it shouldn't be like a three-step animation. But the, paper, um, the YouTube one is pretty smooth, I think. It's a nice oh, little touch just... of like, you're going from pause to play. I don't know. I don't know if I like it. <laughs> Maybe I'm just not What's grumpy enough. What's animation on the internet? Oh, oh, worst user interface <laughs> animation. Um, oh gosh, there's Apple do some bad ones, don't they? Apple do well. Apple does some that are very beautiful, but extremely intensive and honestly, like just so large and at such a scale that I think it's they're just they're distracting and weird and actually. Um, can call, like I did a, a, wrote an article a while back about motion sickness in um, from interface animation, and Apple was like the one that people brought up the most of like, yeah, these full screen transitions totally make me want to throw up, or these make me dizzy. <laughs> so like they are beautiful and they're very cinematic, but I don't know if they're appropriate for the web for a number of reasons. You know, they're like mm. taking, they're trying to make little like giant dramatic movies on the web with their crazy scrolly what's it thing, what's the trash can looking one? That huh? whatever that Mac the Mac oh, Pro the, one where they had the crazy Pro. yeah they had a super parallaxy site and it did all this crazy stuff and it was like a million megabytes to download it was beautiful <laughs> but you're like you are not can, you know what I mean they're not making it for the web they're just making it to show off so it's bad in that sense even though it's pretty um, I think one of the like just like head scratching what the heck is going on ones I've seen recently is a site called GoChat where they just like spin everything in and out as you scroll and it's just like what. It do, I don't. I I've not read a single word of content on that site because I can't. <laughs> is that is that the worst one? That's a, that's a, that's the one that comes to mind right we now. We need the we need the definitive worst. Oh, you notice there's... this stuff, Ian? Um, a bit. I mean, I remember a couple of years ago, scrolling sites became the thing. They um, still by are which sometimes. I mean, sites that sort of take over the scrolling and use it to do clever things like transitions and stuff and scroll jacking. Is that what it's called? <laughs> and that became the thing. And I don't know, like, yeah, I definitely see that. I definitely see functionalness like being much more of a thing or, or it just continues to be people's main priority. Yeah. yeah. Like I've seen some really good ones. Um, Tumblr, I just used for the first time in ages yesterday. And they've got some really great little like, you know, kind of micro interactions that are animated that are really helpful and well done. Um, I always talk about Stripe because they did they do a really great job, and it's basically like, um, you know, it's a checkout thing. The most boring thing on the internet. It's forms and a shopping cart, mm. and they made it like fluid and well designed and like 
actually something you want to use, especially when you compared it to PayPal before they, re they redesigned fairly recently. But before that, it was this drastic thing where you had PayPal that looked like it was from the 90s. Parts of it still do. And then Stripe was like this beautiful, like modern, well-designed, well-considered thing. Um, PayPal has caught up a little bit, but there's still it's still not the same. So this stuff isn't easy. Um, I think that's why there's so much bad examples of it because this stuff is hard. Creating like really good design and including motion in that good design is not easy to do, especially if you're a web designer who's never used motion before. Oh no, Skype. Oh dear. <laughs> I, I, I'm back, I think. Was it what just me? What happened? I don't know. The, just... whole, the whole call stopped. Oh, yeah, so it basically weird. tells me that you hung For up everyone. on me. Yeah. I think it's Skype, maybe. <laughs> no, Skype is, always works perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> I've I, never had a problem with Skype. <laughs> there's definitely a huge irony that, like, we're doing this, this show about the, the, sort of the state of the internet and... That the internet isn't working great just for the recording the show. <laughs> I mean, and something me and Seb have talked about a lot is there isn't really an easy way for us to automatically like do uh, an internet, you know, radio show and no. have everything recorded on the server. Like we have yeah. to record things manually ourselves on each side even and just, then combine it. Even just like one like person to person video chat stuff. That's we're in the future and that's still hard. And it's not like we don't have a, many options. <laughs> it's really strange. I, I mean, I sort of feel like all the technology is there. Just need someone to put it all together in a way that's... I mean, I suppose no one's really put it together in a way that's good for recording podcasts, right? Yeah. The, yeah, people like Skype and FaceTime and Google Hangouts, they're all for doing those things. But nothing is really quite what I need or what yeah. we need for doing this. no. Well, we just, we want like professional quality broadcasting things for free. <laughs> yeah, you're not asking for much. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, maybe, I mean, is it, is it possible yet? I mean, maybe, you know, uh, there's always, uh, I still don't seem to have like high bandwidth consistently. Right. You know, whenever I'm on a FaceTime call or something, it seems to go. Back and forth. It seems to vary in quality and, mm -hmm. you know. I mean, so that, what is that? Is that, that, our... that depends where you live, doesn't it? That's the physical infrastructure. So for whatever... Well, plus in... all the physical infrastructure that's between the, the various people as well, right? Yeah. It's not yeah. just about the wire it's going both to sides. House, although, yeah, and all the servers in between. <laughs> <laughs> the cloud, the cloud in between. Oh, the... <laughs> yeah. the cloud. You mean other, other people's computers? <laughs> <laughs> No, the cloud, the mystical cloud. Oh, the cloud. we oh, should talk about um, we should talk about the Internet of Things. I mean, we can talk about the cloud mm. as well as an idea, but <laughs> internet the thing. Internet of Things. It's not the Internet of Things. It's not. We're not using that expression anymore. But what are we is that, using? Is that over before Stuff it's that began? Stuff that talks to the internet. Oh, right, oh, my yes. brand. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. ST4I. Okay, fine. Call it Internet of Things. What about it? It's it's mostly rubbish. I mean, is is that where the internet's going? Well, I think that inevitably, you know, the, the, the Wi-Fi chips and even the 3G chips and the Bluetooth chips, I mean, all of this hardware, the cost of it is coming down and down and down. So, you know, it's really easy to put anything now on the network. You know, of course, we have a, a lot of fun at, at the expense of idiot startups <laughs> making ridiculous <laughs> connected devices that just, they, they've literally, there's no point in it being connected to anything. And they just have, they've just stuck a chip in it 
you know, if you like it, then you're going to put a chip on it. Yeah. I was just Basically. thinking of that very joke as you were saying that. Well, what was the joke? I don't get the joke. But, I mean, a lot of these things, they're, they're a huge security risk, aren't they? They're like broadcasting you know, baby oh, was, was cameras it, was, onto the oh, yeah. internet. And, and that seems to be um, such a second thought to anyone creating these, right? They're just like, oh, oops. Yeah. And you're like, uh, I mean, that's a big deal. Definitely... <laughs> well, even, even, even if you don't sort of consider the inherent insecurity in these devices themselves, the electronics, there's also just the fact that by their very design, they need, you know, if it is an internet of things thing, you know, mm-hmm. if it is connected to the internet, well, what's it connected to? connected to someone else's computer or mm-hmm. or the cloud as it's become known. <laughs> the cloud of but other computers <laughs> the cloud of the which is someone else's computer and and that someone else's computer now has direct access into your home and that's you know that's kind of a high level of trust but a lot, most i think most people who like if you think about things like internet enabled fridges and things like that that are kind of ridiculous those are the people that are you know targeted to buy that or people that they want to have buy those don't understand how the internet works they don't know that the cloud is a bunch of computers you know they kind of buy into all that um that narrative of like the cloud and connected devices and it's so good and they're not even thinking about the idea that like this means everything my fridge knows is going to someone else's computer and they have access to that well i think we should wrap up anyway now right sure so did we okay so did we um did we get anywhere with this discussion? Like, did, have we have we got any conclusions that we can come it's away with? Big. It is too big. It is too big. It's so big. We need narrower subjects. Yeah, but that yeah. allowed us to meander night, nightly around aimlessly, like a, like a walk because... in the no, just like a stroll in the park rather than a sprint. Yeah. Life's not but, a sprint. The, the problem is, is that now we can't have another internet episode, right? Because we've already. <laughs> no, we've I done think you're going to need internet. to. And, and you're going to need internet part an two. Internet, but the then, internet too. <laughs> The return of the internet. But then, like, I, my problem is, is that I'll have forgotten what we talked about in this internet part one, and we'll probably just end up saying all the same things again. I, don't I, know. I highly doubt that. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think that but, won't happen. But I mean, next time we'll actually talk about coding, for example. Oh, coding. Ah, oh, yeah, crazy. We'll do that next. Everyone week. just we'll end with our favourite line of code, and then. <laughs> <laughs> Really. <laughs> Sorry, that's really funny. And also, I don't have. Yeah, wow. I don't have a favorite. <laughs> I don't. Line of code. Just one line. Oh, um, I think my head. favorite. My favorite line of code is timer plus equals, like t- time time dot time or whatever. <laughs> timer plus equals. Time what is it in unity? I can't even remember this. In unity. Well, just in anything. You you know you have a timer variable and yeah. you're adding onto it the elapsed oh, the- time. The elapsed time, so yeah. that the time mm-hmm. caps up. It's it's just infinitely useful. That <laughs> it's like a delta time, isn't it? Yeah. Delta you're... time is the time between since the last frame, and you just add that. But you can to just make lots time. of little timers and use them for yeah different time. things that you want to happen. <laughs> I mean, Actually, there's other ways of doing it, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I I must admit, initially I thought this was a terrible idea, but I've just thought of my favourite line of code. <laughs> So now it's the best idea. <laughs> which is which is like the smooth step algorithm. Oh, that is good. Yeah, smooth step algorithm. Do you, do you mean uh, the 
thing where you go like half and then half a get half of that. That's right, then... yeah, or or a percentage. So yeah, people in got... Unity people call it lerping because that's the mm-hmm. yeah, you tend to use. Uh, is it lerping? Well, is you lerping? use the lerp function, but you're not really lerping. Basically, I mean, you yeah. sort of, it's in a sort of abuse of the lerp function. To... Yeah, that's right. Because because lerp should be linear. To... Lerp is like an, a linear um, gradation between two points. Yeah, right? but if you recalculate the lerp every frame, you basically get that. Right. Yeah. Thing yeah. That we're yeah talking sure. About. Yeah. So, so <laughs> we had smooth step algorithm. I, you know, yeah. x plus equals target x minus current x multiplied by. A number less than one. Yeah, it's a classic for a reason. Classic. (laughs) Val, what's your favorite line of code? Um, It's much more simple. Uh, My favorite line of code is border one pixel solid red. Uh, (laughs) No, because it is like... I can't believe we've all got favorite lines of code. (laughs) No. This is amazing. We should ask all our guests. You should. This should be a thing. Because it's like when when someone's learning... That's debugging, isn't it? When someone's learning HTML or CSS, that is like the number one debugging thing they can learn. And when you show someone that they can throw that border on anything, they feel like they have all this power to like fix any mistake they've made and see exactly what's going on. I see. And even so with it's a fancy way of... dev tools, it's still the easiest way. You're just like, I don't even think I have to think about it. It just comes out of my fingers. So, but of course, your, rather controversially, your favorite line of code is never deployed. So? Unless you want... No, I'm just saying. It's cool. That's okay. Yeah, but then, do you know what? Yeah. Do you know what? like a bit of controversy on, on the Creative Coding podcast. Yeah. Helps you be creative because you can fix stuff. Print variable is a great line of code. Or... Yeah, it's like that. <laughs> I also like console log. Console log. Yeah, console log, good. yeah. Trace, if you're in flash, it's all good. if you're in <laughs> Print F. Yeah. Those are, those are all my favorite. That is one of the most useful lines of code ever, even though it, it never reaches the end product. It's... Unless you're me and you forget to take it out. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, do, yeah, do you know what? All of my, yes, all of mine reach the end product. What am I talking about? Right, it's just, it's just, <laughs> we're just that creative. <laughs> so, oh, Val, is there anything you want to plug? Oh, you've got your conference coming up, right? I do. Um, I have a conference called Web Design Day. It's here in Pittsburgh on June 24th. Uh, it's a one-day conference, and we do workshops the day before, and it's uh, a super fun time. So you should check it out at webdesignday.com. Cool. And how much are tickets? Tickets are $215 for the conference, so it's actually pretty darn cheap. And we that have people... So. Very cheap. Yeah. We've got some really awesome web folks. We have Karen McGrain, uh, we have Gina Bolton, Jen Simmons, and Eric Meyer, and then a lot of other people too. So that's kind of our first four. I'm super excited to see all of these folks in Pittsburgh. Cool. So that's webdesignday.com, is mm-hmm. it? That's it. Brilliant. Cool. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Val. Yeah, thanks for having me. It was great to chat. Yes, thanks for, thanks for being such a great guest host. We'll <laughs> have to have you back sometime. We're, we're sort of going to try and have regulars. So, so you can be on our regular list. Cool, definitely could do that. That'd be awesome. Great. Cool, and thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Whenever that is, but soon. <laughs> next week. It'll be next week for definite. Oh, yeah, it'll be for you guys. It'll be next week for us. It'll be next be, week. Yeah, any time. Yeah, but it will be next week for you guys. Bye, man. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>
Awesome.